Amen. So I've been telling Mark since we started this series, I want to preach on the affection of the Holy Spirit. And he's like, okay. Because we're talking about, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and this of the Spirit. And we've got all these notes and all these scriptures, and Mark has this reading books and all this stuff. And I just kept saying, I want to preach on the affection of the Holy Spirit, but I want it to be later. Later in this series so that I have time to prepare and time to really put my thoughts together. And then Mark started getting sicker and sicker, and the Lord was like, I already told you what you're going to share. And I was like, yeah, Lord, I, I can teach on something else, though, because I really want to develop that and teach that later in the series. And, you know, God always gets his way, right? He should. Um, and so I was like, okay. So I sat down, and I put all these notes. I was looking at all the scriptures, and I had this whole teaching on the Holy Spirit, all of this stuff. And I was like, Lord, this is really good stuff. And he's like, what did I tell you to share on? And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I'm here to share on the affection of the Holy Spirit. And those notes I have passed on to the elders in case they might want them for later. I don't know. Um, So I'm just going to kind of dive in um, to my life with the Holy Spirit. I grew up in the church. Uh, My mom was a Christian. My dad was not. Um, My mom played the organ at Maryland Hickey's Church. Back in the day, it was called Happy Church. Um, And that's where I grew up. I grew up in the things of God and the Spirit of God. I remember my sister, really young. We were down in a Sunday school or something. And my sister was probably five, maybe four. Spirit of God came, and she fell down. And I was like, what in the world? And I was so mad because she got touched by God so much. She didn't even know what was going on. We were just singing songs, and she, like, fell over the power of God. And, and I just remember longing for the Spirit to be real in my life and longing for the things of God to operate in and through me. And so I have always, always loved Jesus. I have had seasons of my life where I tried to walk away and do my own thing. I even made God this pact when I was in high school, so probably 16. I said, all right, Lord, you know I love you, but I just want to have a little season of my own. I want to party and dance on the tables and experience everything a 20-year-old should experience, and it'll be short, God, and when I'm done, I'm yours for the rest of my life. I know, crazy. So this was my little conversation with God. Thankfully, I didn't do that. I had a little season in high school, but at 19, he captured my heart again. And from that moment on, I was like, God, I'm all yours. Thank you for not allowing me to go down that road. Because that, we know those little seasons, they don't stay little. The sin gets deeper and deeper, and before you know it, your life is completely on the other side. So I've always loved Jesus, always loved his presence. I've loved to talk about him um, so when I was thinking about the affection of the Holy Spirit, I kept telling Mark, I love the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about how it's so easy to say, God, I love you, or God, you're so great. Jesus, we talk, talk about every week, I love you, Jesus, all you've done for me. And, but we don't often say, I love the Holy Spirit. But I do. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the way he works. I love the way he speaks. I love how he brings revelation of who Jesus is to me all the time. And so we're going to kind of dive into what that looks like. And I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do I have to share about the Holy Spirit? Because I told you I had all these notes, right? So I was like, this is all notes and this is good, but what do I really have to share about the Holy Spirit? And just as soon as it was coming out of my mouth, the Lord took me back to when I was about seven, eight years old in 1982 when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So here's the story. I was in Kansas 
we were driving back. I was with my aunt and her friend. My aunt was like a holy roller preacher, fire little lady. And I loved looking up to her. I thought she was just this great one. Every time I went in her bedroom, she was reading her Bible and she was talking about God. And I just thought she was so great. So I was the one out of four kids who got to drive back from Kansas to Colorado in the car with her and her friend. So they were talking and doing what adults do, and I was in and out of sleep. And, you know, as you do driving without iPods or anything back in the day, you're just staring out the window for hours. So at some point, I'm kind of asleep, kind of bored, and I hear them talking about God for a very long time, very long time, talking, talking, talking. And then all of a sudden, I found myself listening to their conversation. What are they talking about? Why is that okay? Yeah, I get that. Oh, my gosh. And light bulbs are going off, and they're talking about the things of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm sitting up, and I'm listening, and before I know it, the car is filled with his presence. And I'm sitting in the back seat, almost shaking, like, holy crap, Jesus is here. Something is happening. Whatever they're talking about is coming in the back seat, and it's here. And it was thick. And so I'm sitting there, and my aunt, I can see her peeking in the rearview mirror, like watching me, like she knows God is doing something. And so she asked me, do you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? So I said, yes. And she explains what that's like and what that means. Do you want this? Yes. She's still driving, which is, now I'm like, you probably should have pulled over. So I'm like, yes. And I'm sitting back there, and so... She's like, okay, so I don't know if we prayed, but I do remember them praying in the Spirit, and my aunt's a spicy little thing, and so she's praying in tongues super loud, and her friend's praying in tongues, and she's looking in the rearview mirror at me, and all of a sudden I'm praying in tongues, and I don't know what's going on, and I'm shaking, and God is moving on this boring I-70 drive back to Colorado. So my question to God of what do I have to share about the Holy Spirit, he goes, you were like seven, you're almost 40, it's true, you have lots to say about me. And I was like, oh, I do. I've walked with you my whole life. And isn't that funny? We know these things. But when God says it, it's like, like, you're right. I've walked with you my whole life. I know the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk about him tonight. Um, and speaking on baptism, Next week, Russ Raise is coming. He, if you want to go to his website or Google him, he is an amazing man. He's been in ministry, pastoring and planting churches for 20, 30 years. He leads Joshua for the Nations um, International. They have a two-year program. It's theology, practical leadership, pastoral and missions. 144,600 students have graduated from their school. 27,000 graduates. 50 languages it's taught in, in 43 nations. This guy's no joke. He goes all around the world equipping the next generation to be the next church leaders. He's coming here. He lives in Arvada. He's based out of here. Um, friends of Pam and Jim know him, and so we got to have dinner with him. He's a wonderful man. So I don't think we've told you exactly who he is. You're like, Russ Rains, okay, great. We need to be here. We need to invite all friends. I have friends that have been asking me about the Holy Spirit because they've experienced weird things. And I'm like, no, you've got to come. And so I'm going to keep inviting them to come. So next week, he's going to preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then he's going to be giving opportunities. And it's going to be powerful. So don't miss it. So things of the Holy Spirit. 
shouldn't be irregular. They shouldn't be every once in a while. I think we are always waiting for that anointed moment when the Holy Spirit arrives on the scene. And he does do that. But the Holy Spirit should be operating in our lives every minute of every day. It should be our second nature. I was having coffee with Anne, and she was like, that's all I know. I was raised in this. I know the Holy Spirit. I can't imagine not knowing the Holy Spirit. It should be our second nature. What do we think? What, is, what do you think? Okay. Yep, got it. What do you want me to do? Okay. It's, we aren't waiting for, you know, when we have a broken foot, oh, Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> you know, or we're sad, Holy Spirit, come comfort me. We should be walking and living with the Holy Spirit and seeing the fruit of him in our lives every day, right? So as I look back through my life, I see that he was there. And as the Lord has had me preparing for this and the affection of the Holy Spirit, I thought back to different seasons of my life. And I can see he was there. And that dark season, even when I was like, whatever, he was there. The times where I embraced him and I was growing and doing all these things for God, he was there. He was there in the hard times and the not-so-hard times. He was always there. I love that the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus and leads us into all truth. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Isn't that wonderful? There's a lot of things out there that are not truth. And they look really shiny and pretty. And they look great. And they're marketed really well. Or they taste really good. Or they feel really good. But they're not truth. So as Christians, we have to be led with the Holy Spirit so that we can make good choices that are for righteousness, right? And not serving our flesh or serving man or whatever. They have to be led by the Holy Spirit. I love that the Holy Spirit brings glory to Jesus and always brings us back to him. John 16, 14, the very next verse says, He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So this is Jesus talking. He, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me, Jesus, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit's job is to take what is Jesus and give it to us, to declare it. Isn't that awesome? He declares that this is who Jesus is. He's always pointing us back to Jesus. This is who he is. This is the truth. This is the price that he paid. This is what he says about you. He's speaking identity. He's speaking promise. He reminds us of all things. I love that the Holy Spirit is trustworthy. He only speaks what he hears Jesus saying. John 16:13. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. I've been trying to wrap my mind around the Trinity in the last couple of months. I've always known about the Trinity, Godfather. You know, I always know that. There's God, there's Jesus, there's there's Father, there's the Holy Spirit. They're all one, but yet they're different. And they, you know, I've always known that, and I've never struggled with that. But lately, I'm trying to dive in. What does that really look like? How does this all really happen? Because they all do really unique, different things, but they're all one, and they all are the same. Do any of you ever struggle with that? Like, just not in a bad way, but just trying to figure out, wow, that's so amazing. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, but it was a gift. he was a gift from God, but they're all one. But the Holy Spirit does not say anything unless he hears it from Jesus. Isn't that powerful? And I think that should bring us peace because a lot of times we hear stuff and we're like, oh, that was just me. And we just write it off. Or, oh, that was just whatever. 
the Holy Spirit speaks, but if we can look and go, that's the heart of Jesus. That is in the scripture. Boom. The Holy Spirit is speaking. If it's not and it's contrary to scripture, it's not the Holy Spirit. He would never say anything that's not in the scripture that Jesus wouldn't say, right? I love that the Holy Spirit tells me of things to come. John 16, 13. He will tell you of things to come. Have you ever had that happen? Where God just speaks to you and then all of a sudden it happens to you and you're like, thank the Lord that he told me that. Mark has an awesome story and I'm not going to tell it because I would totally butcher it, but basically a kid was about to come out in the street and the Holy Spirit told him, that girl's going to come out in the street. And Mark's like, what? So he looks. Sure enough, the girl comes out in the street and he was able to move out of the way. Otherwise, he would have nailed her. That's a very distinct moment in his life that he remembers. God, through the Holy Spirit, spoke to him of things to come. Often it'll be something that happens at a job. We had a situation in our lives where the Holy Spirit spoke and said, this is going to happen when you arrive to work tomorrow. We both worked at the same place. And we're like, no, that's crazy. Sure enough, we get there the next day. Exactly what the Holy Spirit said. Luckily, we had listened to the directions that he gave us and we were prepared. He speaks of things to come. Little, small, big. He's faithful, right? Just like with your children. You're constantly telling them, okay, this is coming. Okay, you're approaching this season of your life. Okay, tomorrow, this is what's going to happen tomorrow, right? A good parent, you prepare your kids. You're telling them things to come. It's the same, same idea. So I love that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to us from the Father. He's our gift. The Holy Spirit is our gift. John 15, 26-27. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, this is Jesus speaking, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you will also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So he's saying when the Helper, who's the Helper? The Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? He loves us enough that he gave us a Helper. I love that he's called that. You know, when I would grow up, it was the Holy Ghost. And that always confused me. I'm like, what? You know when you're a kid, you're like, a ghost? Where's a ghost? A holy what? He's the helper. And not that he's not the Holy Ghost. He is. He's a spirit. He's our helper. God sent him to us to help us. So that just demonstrates the love of the Father for us. So as a parent, I was thinking... All of the different things that I do to help my kids as a helper to them. When they were little and they needed comforted, I gave them a pacifier. That wasn't completely just for them, but it was for their comfort. I would give them a pacifier. When they got a little older and they were going somewhere new, I might give them their favorite toy or their favorite stuffed animal just for that little bit of comfort to go, I have something of mine. I'm not scared. I don't have to be scared. It's helping. When they need guidance, I read scripture over them. I give them wisdom and direction. When they are scared, I hold them close. I get them right on my lap. I still get cadence. All my kids are so big these days. I get her right on my lap and I just hold her. When they're scared, we hold them, right? We comfort them. When they're headed in the wrong direction, I caution them. Hey, buddy, I don't think you want to go down that way. Your choices, I don't know. You might want to rethink that. Hey, sweetie. You might want to say that a little different. That's going to hurt someone's feelings, right? We caution them of what's to come. When they are in sin, I remind them of righteous living and that those choices break the Father's heart. It's not just about right and wrong, right? If we raise our kids to just believe in right and wrong, 
the minute we turn around, they're going to do the wrong because we're not there to go, that's right and that's wrong. Right? We teach them to fall in love with Jesus. That way when they make choices, they make it according to, I don't want to break the Father's heart. There's a relationship there. It's teaching them a relationship. When they fail, I love them and I encourage them. Jesus never kicks us when we're down. I think as parents, we often stick it to them. I told you. I've done it. You know, it's so easy to be like, I told you this would happen. You know, Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't stick it to us. He encourages us, and there are consequences for our sin, but he loves us and says, get up, and you can do it. You got this. When they are sick, I tend to them, and I speak of the healing power of Jesus. When they were fragile, I take extra care. Have you ever had your kids or someone around you when they're just in a fragile state? And you just are extra careful. Maybe with what you say or how you respond. They're in a different state. You've got to be fragile. When they feel invisible, I remind them that they are valuable and important. Special. We all feel invisible sometimes. And you need someone to say, you're valuable. You are loved. Right? That's the word of God. I knew you before you were even born. I made you. You're special. So in light of that, thinking about the Holy Spirit, he is all of those things and way more. I think as parents or as friends, we care for people, we tend to people, we do these things because we like to help. Right? How can I help? How can I help? The Holy Spirit is our helper. All of these things, that's what he does. He wants to reveal the love of the Father. It's like tonight when we were singing those songs about the love. I just, oh, I could sing that song forever, how he loves us. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals that to us. He wants us to be overwhelmed by love. He wants us to know that the promises we've been given are true. They're true. He wants us to open our hearts all the way. All the way. It's not always easy to do, is it? Like, right here. He wants us not to be scared. When you think about the Holy Spirit, sometimes you get a little scared. Why? Because he's unpredictable. To us. Right? It's okay. I've loved the Holy Spirit my whole life, and there's still times I'm like, okay, Mark calls it like opening that can of worms. Like, here it comes. Because he does things that's the Father's heart. We don't always get that. Our, our ways are not his ways. So t- sometimes we are like, there's a straight shot to that, God. And the Holy Spirit takes us the lot, and we're like, what? Because he knows. Are we scared for the fear of unknown? As the Holy Spirit starts moving, are we scared because we don't know what's going to happen? I have, I have to be vulnerable. God's going to start showing me that I have junk in my life, and I, I put that behind a steel trap, and I don't really want to deal with that. Right? Or our shame. Has the Holy Spirit ever moved in your life, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm not worthy. And you just are like, I can't be here. I'm so yucky, and I'm so full of shame, and you just want to hide. 
because we're human, right? We make mistakes. We're not worthy of such goodness. This doesn't apply to me at all, but maybe some of you could relate. We like to be in control. Anyone? We like to be in control. We're good at that. We like to have everything together. This is how I do it. This is what I got. And the Holy Spirit messes it all up. And then he's in control. And we're like, oh, this is awkward. I don't know what to do. You're messing up my stuff. I'm totally like that. Growth can be hard. When the Holy Spirit starts moving in our hearts, it causes us to grow. It causes us to look more like him. It causes us to think different. All of a sudden, what we thought our whole life, and we're taught our whole life, God's like, oh, I just want to look at it from that way. And it hurts because you're it's fighting against your flesh. It's fighting against your mindsets and your strategies and the way you do life. Right? And then when you get there, you're like, oh, it's so much better. It's like an adjustment. You're like, oh, it feels great. We often run from it because it's intimacy. It's really easy to put on a pretty face, to pretend like everything's good, keep on going, just don't acknowledge stuff. It's more difficult to be intimate and vulnerable, right? And to be like, there's some stuff in here. And it's tender. And when, when the Holy Spirit comes in, he's the only one who can just get to that spot. Sometimes he'll use some of you guys or somebody in your life, and they'll ask a question. You're like, oh, out of all questions, how did you know to ask me that? Or how did you know to say that? Because the Holy Spirit's like, I want to talk to you about this. Right? He is gentle and he is strong. He is patient and yet he comes like a rushing wind. There's times that he comes, and I think those are the times that we get scared. Like, oh, what's he going to do? Let him. Let's let him. Let's be a church who lets him. Have your way, Holy Spirit. We don't have to understand it. We don't have to control it. We don't have to do anything, right? Come. He whispers and he shouts. There's been times in our life where we have to seek God and we're like, I know he's speaking, but we can't hear him and we have to press in and press in and God. And there's other times, man, we're like loud and clear. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we are hearing you. Like there's people in our lives and situations, signs as we're driving, our kids are saying stuff. We're like, okay, we got it. The Holy Spirit is speaking loud and clear. He holds us and he also, also kicks us in the butt, propels us. Get on out there, boy. Right? He waits patiently, and he also advances the purposes of God. I love that he does that in my life. I love that he does that in our church. He advances the purposes of God. If God was always waiting on us, we, we wouldn't move very fast. But the Holy Spirit's like, come on, next thing. All right, do this series. Speak on this. Worship team, I need you to do this song. This is what the people need. All right, home groups, start sharing on this. You know, whatever. The Holy Spirit propels the kingdom of God. He is helping to advance the things of God. He reveals and he exposes. This one isn't so fun, is it? Because we like to hide our sin and hide our shame. And we always sing that song, this little light of mine, right? I'm going to let it shine. Well, how do you have to let it shine? You have to let Jesus out. You have to be exposed. You have to be vulnerable. You have to let him shine through you which means we have to get that junk out so that he can shine, right? I preached one time in Yuma, Colorado. It was one of my first preaches. 
and it wasn't a very good one, but it was on the tangibility of God. Just talking about how God is tangible. And now I'm like, I need to go re-preach that because I missed the whole piece that the Holy Spirit makes God tangible. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one. He's the one who makes God tangible to us. He's the one who interacts with us. He's the one who speaks to us. He's the one who guides us and leads us into all truth. He is that piece that makes God tangible and activated, right? The presence of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to be summoned. And what I mean by that is I think as Christians, we're like, okay, okay, if we sing the right songs, and if the worshipers out here start flagging and singing out, and if the worship leader is on their A game, and they bust out in a song of the Spirit, and somebody comes, you know, all this stuff, then the Holy Spirit's going to come. Holy Spirit's here right now. He's always here. And I think we kind of have this misconception and duped ourselves to think we have to, like, create some sort of thing. We have to do some sort of routine to get the Holy Spirit to come. We do have to have the right hearts. We do have to press in. But there's no formula. If there was, it would be in the Bible. There's no formula. It's a surrendered and yielded heart. It's people coming up and lifting up the name of Jesus. But he is with us all the time. When Keisha was little, I had a very hard time trying to figure out how I could spend time with God. Because in the morning I was too tired, and at night I was too tired. In the day, she was "Ah!" everywhere, all day long. And so I was used to, like, I would have my blanket, and I would sit down, I'd have my Bible, my concordance, and I had this whole thing, and I'd spend time with God, and I'd worship. And that was my way of hearing God. My controlled environment, I know. And so then I had a baby. <laughs> and so I had Acacia. And so this one time she was playing in the other room. And so I just pressed in and I sought the heart of God. And I was on my knees and I was worshiping. And I got to this place of intimacy with God. And I was just like floating on a cloud of the Holy Spirit. And Acacia comes in and like, I don't remember what happened, if she fell or if she was just, and then she started screaming and crying like, oh, do you know what you just did? And so I comforted her, whatever, got her off, and I was just like, oh. I was so annoyed. I'm like, gone. Whole moment's gone. Holy Spirit out the window, done. I guess I should go vacuum. Like, it's done. And the Holy Spirit clearest day was like, do you think I just left because your daughter, whom I love, cried? And I was like, oh, no guess not (laughs) okay and I was like I'm sorry God I guess you know no of course not that's ridiculous so she was off playing and she was not quiet but I got back on my knees and just got right back in and just said that's fine I just started worshiping and the Holy Spirit was just picked off where we left off but he's not flighty he doesn't just take off he doesn't just we do something wrong. He's gone. We sin, and he's like, I'm out of here. I told you. He's always with us. But my point in this is we don't have to summon him. We don't have to create this whole thing. Holy Spirit, come. Have a yielded heart, right? He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. He enables us to know the heart of God. Isn't that wonderful? Because I often don't have the heart of God. (laughs) He comforts us. He holds us. 
He isn't waiting for some divine moment to get our attention. He's speaking all the time. All the time. The Bible says he's making intercession for us. Oh, is that wonderful? When people tell me they're praying for me, I'm like, thank you. I need it. But to know he's praying for us all the time. He softens our hearts. He heals our wounds. He's revealing heaven. How's that for a thought? He is revealing heaven to us. He's making all things new. So Brian, or Byron, would you come up and just play for us? I've been singing this song. We're going to sing a little bridge here in a minute. But I keep, I just heard him saying all week, I come like a rushing wind. I come like a rushing wind. And there's this song, Carrie Job sings, come like a rushing wind. Come light the fire again. Come like a burning flame. Have your way. Have your way. And so my heart for us tonight is that we would fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with the Holy Spirit who reveals Jesus. And that every minute of every day, like clockwork, we are with him. We're not waiting for Saturday nights. And if the worship team's off, too bad. Hopefully next week is better. The preach isn't great. My friend's not, whatever. The Holy Spirit is with us all the time. So, one of the things that I felt like he was speaking is identity. The Holy Spirit reveals his identity, right? The Bible said that he reveals the Father's heart, he reveals who Jesus is, and our identity. Who has struggled with identity? Anybody? Yeah, we all do, of course. Even Satan came to Jesus trying to tell him he wasn't who he was. Jesus, I don't think he struggled with it, but he at least was tempted with it. Identity. We all struggle with identity, right? So we're just going to spend a minute worshiping. If you want to sing the verse with me, if you want to close your eyes, if you want to lay on the floor, if you want to lift your hands, if you want to cry, I have tissues. There's tissues. The point here is to, in your own way, say, Holy Spirit, come. For us to fall in love with the Holy Spirit. He is good and only good. He comes to reveal the heart of the Father. When we're broken, He comes to remind us that we are whole. When we are hurting, He holds us. When we celebrate, He's cheering and saying, Good job! I've heard Him described like a security blanket. You can just hold him and it brings that security. He's our helper. And he's not just for some of us. The Holy Spirit has been given as a gift from the Father. What awesome gift.